Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 22nd. 2021 over on twitch.tv slash focus fire chat as we continue our discussion over the lore book the dark future this particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive before we go any further however let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show as always this is your host blue crew 86 and this is another green-eyed music lover bringing another I don't know. Lovely vocal tones to your podcast. I'm going for that NPR sound. Am I getting there? I was, no. I was going to say, Green, Green's trying out for ASMR over here. I thought you were going to do some sort of like Southern Bell charm thing is what I thought you well, were going Well, you know, for. I can go down to I the Southern, give me southern style, but I don't know how much of a bell it would be. I don't know. Hi, I'm um, Escape from Tarkov enthusiast. Hey, it's Orchid. I thought it was House Flipper. I love House Flipper, but I also love Escape from Tarkov. I play more than one game, Green. What's that like? You could do that. I play three games, in fact. Four games if you include Halo. You want to know what Because I'm including all of Halo as one game. I am playing a game called Secret Cat Forest right now. What the? What is Secret Cat Forest? <laughs> it's a mobile game. It's like a. There was an Asian style game that was essentially the same thing, where you basically you build things in your house for like, the cats to come and enjoy, and that's the whole game. It's literally you're collecting cats. I'm. I need to download this game for my phone. It is. Can you send it's me so the link, cute. please? It's so cute. The only thing I've been playing on my phone is Genshin Waifu lately. So. This sounds more wholesome than Genshin Waifu. Yes, very much and so. And last but definitely not the least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have Rindle. Rindle, how are you doing? Doing just fine, brother, and putting on Drifted because there's no way I'm going to be able to use this voice at any other point in the podcast, so it might as well be right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. And a preponderance of other voices besides, as everyone probably well knows at this point in time. If they don't, they will soon enough. Oh, yes, they shall. Okay, they shall and then tell. I guess Green Green, and Orchid wanted to take a trip down to Orchid's Cute Corner, I un- is my understanding. Yeah, Orchid's Cute Corner, I guess that's what we're calling it, because all the other names were too naughty for this Christian Minecraft stream <laughs> that we're doing right now. <laughs> So I would like to ask you guys to visit us at thelorenetwork.com where you can find us alongside many other impressive lore content creators and let us know your thoughts on all of the weekly lore roundups, uh, both for podcast and for YouTube. Um, Also, if you could leave us a review over on iTunes, all those reviews help us uh, so other people can find our podcast as well and they make me happy. So please make me happy because Blue's going to give me the stink eye if you don't make me happy. Uh, well, we all want to He's just shoving food happy. in his mouth right now. Mm-hmm. I've totally He's not even paying attention. Right I'm doing my job here. I'm working really hard. This is the one thing I'm doing tonight. <laughs> so, oh, can you guys could do the thing. Doom for Zombies has the name Orchid's Otter Stop. Yeah, there you go. The Otter Orchid's Stop. Orchid's Otter Stop. That's the name, guys. We solved it. We solved Good job, everything Doom. for this show. Good job, Doom. Thanks. Thanks, We're getting Kai. there. We're getting there bit by bit. Bit by bit. 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 Yep. Fun segue. Do you guys like that title? Like, I I feel really good about that name. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great one. I tried to look for, like, bit as in, like, computer bit, 
and that one's taken. So I went by normal bit, B-I-T, bit by bit. bit. Oh, instead of bite? Like, mm-hmm. instead of, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figured, I'm still trying to figure out logo and stuff like that, but I don't know, like, starting a business is weird, guys. Like, I, I'm good at the podcasting, like, helping people with podcasts and editing podcasts and stuff, but, like, running the actual business side of things, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There is a lot. I see Elmist over in chat uh, saying that apparently that uh, what we've decided to call Orchid's little thing is utterly perfect. Uh... Calling, coming in hot <laughs> with those puns. That's, um really on brand for him don't encourage it just ignore it a pixel. that's what i do every week <laughs> so it goes so it goes indeed and no oh. yeah now that we've completely lost the script let's get back to it yeah yeah blue oh man all right so just kind of a recap on the intro session. We kind of talked about like the, the kind of the basic overlay of the summary on this Vore book. And then also we kind of dived into like the different figures that we were introduced throughout the um, throughout the book. Um, but I, I did I did realize just right now I did realize we never got to talk about the different terminology. Uh, the big two terminology points that I wanted to talk about was the bombardment and the dark guardians. Um, these are two that are mentioned a couple times throughout the book. Uh, the bombardment is an attack on the city that took place a roughly hundred years prior to the events in the book. Um, and basically what happened is all the enemies of the guardians mounted a joint assault against the last city. Uh, the predominant leader was Aramis and her forces, but the Cabal, Savathun, and the Dark Guardians also contributed, and they all struck various strongholds of the city. And basically, through this joint attack, they crippled all defenses, and so the the last city fell. However, at the conclusion of the battle, the Dark Guardians and Savathun turned on uh, Aramis and the Cabal, and actually kind of did a dub a backstab on them um when we talk about the dark guardians what we are talking about is the force the the group of guardians arisen who were corrupted by the darkness that was initially experienced within the black garden um during the bombardment again they were initially were in league with the forces of aramis and the cabal but they turned on them and uh actually it i think they wiped them out um and then that left Savathun and Eris as the last leaders standing, basically. Uh, and currently within the, the, the book, they are currently located within the uh, Scarlet Keep on the moon, uh, is where they kind of have, have holed up their, and shored up their defenses, which then requires uh, the resistance if you will led by mara and elsie and anna to kind of figure out how to break through and that leads into the the whole let's go kidnap let's do the uh, italian job on the traveler and bring it back and give zavala the uh what was what was the term that we decided the deletus yetus ability mm. <laughs> the yetus deletus yetus deletus yes so those those were the two big terms that I, I realized we hadn't we hadn't touched on really quick. Um, so for this one, I think Green, you actually had you had sent me over some questions. Um, we had kind of talked about how the dark future isn't a guarantee of what's going to happen uh, in general, but especially with Anna, right? Because we see in the story the development of Anna take a very dark turn that's i don't know another word for it um she she goes and kind of she reveals that she is not the guardian that was hope we were we were hoping she was um and then i know you also wanted to touch a little bit on the the how how we uncovered this book i believe Mm -hmm. was the other big one 
Yeah. So the thing that I'm a little worried about with because of us having this book and having this knowledge of what another possible timeline is, is that we are going to look at Anna through that lens. And we kind of touched on this a tiny bit in the introduction episode with the idea of, well, Anna's already been acting pretty snarky because of her robot boyfriend or soon to be robot boyfriend um, not quite functioning yet. The thing that I worry about is if we're going to create a self-fulfilling prophecy that Anna is going to turn darker because we are going to unintentionally push her that direction. Anybody have any ideas or thoughts concerning that, opinions? I can definitely see that being the case. Um, and I can see, even if it's not like the intention, uh, Sabathun's waiting in the wings, waiting for something to to give her an in. Uh, we see that kind of arguably with Zavala right now. Um, with... Uh, the uh what is it the ahamkara skull by Shax mm -hmm. as a kind of a, a launching point uh we and so like i can see where we already see a wedge that's been driven between anna and a lot of the forces of the city uh that kind of came to the came to a head a bit with osiris uh and when he confronted I think would be the best word for how he approached it. Um, which granted Osiris is not the best dip diplomat. Um, but like her attitude back at Osiris was definitely not one of someone who's comfortable with where they are. They like, you know, I, I think that she's already on edge and I don't think it would take too much to push her over that edge. Orchid, what were you going to say? Um, I think also with um with just the way Anna was, um, she's like think of it this way, like she's lost her home. Um, she's now in the tower, she's surrounded by a lot more noise than she's used to. And hunters are naturally just kind of loners. Sorry, sorry, hunters, but you guys kinda are. Hey. And then you're accosted by this like stinky old guy who is shouting crazy things at you with all of his feathers going everywhere. And um, she's just like, what do you want? And because she's trying to actually get work done and he's just shouting things at her. And I can see why she'd be rather terse with him when she's just trying to fix Rasputin because no one else is trying to help her. Or maybe she just knows better than everyone else or thinks she knows better. So, I mean, I can see why she would be more peeved. Yeah, is the best word fair. I can think of. And so like being put kind of having a bunch of changes like that really quickly, I can see where she would have that kind of attitude. But at the same time, like, yeah, what do you do in this situation? Like, I can see it both ways. Rindle, did you have any thoughts mm -hmm. on it? Um, none more than what we're already discussed at this point. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to look at things from the perspective of again you know do we have some kind of level of self-fulfilling prophecy that's going on with this um but yeah nothing really further to add beyond that the thing i wanted to bring up when it comes to anna's reaction to osiris in particular in i believe it was the was it emolent that that was happened no it was the uh the last web lore that came out that we just finished. It was Imola. Was that, it? Was well, at least when Imbola. when Osiris was trying to talk to her, it was the mm -hmm. first part of Imola. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was in Imola part one. Mm -hmm. So in there, it makes you kind of recall the last time that they had any interaction. And my mind went back to the original interaction between Anna and Osiris having to be way back when, when they were still fighting like six fronts mm -hmm. and twilight gap and how Anna was a part of that. And Osiris had his hand in some of the battles as well. And that Osiris kind of went off and did his own thing in those battles. And that was the only thing I could come up with that would be a direct correlation between those two. I could not 
think of anything other than that that would cause Anna to be like, well, are you going to just go run off into your own thing again? Like, is there anything that comes to mind that makes you think that that is what she's referring to? Well, I mean, beyond the fact that that tends to be the modus operandi uh, of Osiris up to this point. Because, again, in those battles, it's exactly what he did once everything uh, occurred with his prophecies and him getting kicked out of the tower. He just is like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do my own thing. I'm going to investigate what's going on with Mercury and the Vex in the Infinite Forest. So why wouldn't he just go off and do his own thing? And then the only reason that he's in the tower, it's, oh, well, you're just going to be stirring things up and making more work for the rest of us for some reason. True. So yeah, I think it is, there's a probably a place where Anna is getting, again, this, there's something that is informing her being this terse with him. So Orchid and Blue, I kind of, you're talking in, in chat chat, but I kind of want you to bring up right. your points that you're, <laughs> yeah. you're bringing up there. No, I was, I was going to say, I really, I really like Orchid's, point of view there um with anna but i i wanted to also say <clears throat> the dark future as like as a standalone book uh really plays up anna's um this like i think orchid you said it the best the codependence that she has with rasputin which has mm-hmm. been kind of ripped away like yeah, anna she... anna as a character needs to belong somewhere like she 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 doesn't have a place anymore i think orchid is that kind of what you were um... meaning by that she does and she doesn't like she needs to she doesn't need to belong she needs to know where she fits like she needs to know like her specific puzzle piece like where does it fit in the greater scheme of things and with Rasputin she says okay I know that I belong with this war mind he literally lives inside my brain we learned a lot more during that season what season was that do you remember the name of it I think it was season, season of the war mind. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was called? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, the expansion that, was war mind. Is that the how we named things mind, back so then? Just think, the season of the obvious. We, I don't um, think we had seasons at that point. I think it was just the yeah DLC we did season of the worthy. Thank you, almost. Um, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, season of the worthy. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Ra ra Rasputin. Yeah, so season of the we went into bunkers a lot, but we learned a lot more about. Um, how Rasputin and um, Anna communicated, and we learned that it Rasputin like literally lives inside her brain, mm-hmm. and um, and especially during Felwinter's lie, when we actually did that mission, we learned that the way Felwinter, uh, the way Rasputin actually communicated with Anna, a lot of it was through sight and sound, and more synesthesia than it was actually with words. So when that's ripped away from you, and you're desperate to get that back, so. That could be a yeah. part of it also. So now she's trying to well, find now that her puzzle piece has been disturbed. Right. And on and on that note, also like to know what type of what type of puzzle piece she is to kind of further that right. like metaphor. Mm-hmm. She has connection to Elsie, who has actual information of who she was before she was a guardian. And Elsie is actively denying her that information. Right. So I can see the frustration towards Elsie when you have a personality who wants that inform who who in all for all intents and purposes needs that information to to ground her and then you have a person who's actively denying that information to me it's really not a surprise that anna went to another source to kind of try to get that information um i don't know green what do you what do you think the thing that i would would bring up is the information that we got in game too the timeline that we're dealing with in the dark future is not the same timeline that Elsie talks about that we're in currently and the choice that Elsie made in this timeline that we are in and experiencing as the guardian is where she basically kept Anna in the dark the entire time whereas the other timeline the dark future timeline Anna knows about Elsie early she understands about Elsie because Elsie talks about um, basically trying to fend Anna off multiple times on learning stasis because she doesn't want to teach her stasis in this particular timeline. So there is the disconnect between what we're experiencing in our timeline and the fact that she is just now being introduced to her sister again. Uh And the other difference too, is when she introduces her, um, 
she actually gives Anna some information. Mm-hmm. She actually, she, she, like, um, I'm trying to remember, does, doesn't she actually let her read the journal? Yes. That they have. Whereas in the dark future, now I don't think she, I, I get the sense that she doesn't teach her stasis necessarily. Like, I think that's still up in the air. I don't think we've gotten kind of any indication whether or not, you know, either she did or she didn't yet. Um, but that was like the big contention point or the big bone that was on Anna's shoulder um, with the dark future is she's not telling her anything. She has this unique ability that doesn't require light. Anna doesn't have light anymore. In the and dark future. Elsie, you know, she's she's not, Anna's not quote unquote special anymore. Elsie's now the special one because Elsie has stasis. Um, I can see all of these things like balling up into this this um uh, not um antagonistic feelings towards Elsie that you kind of see with Anna's character in the dark future. And so with our timeline, I definitely think that, you know, the differences that you said, you know, she's actually she reaches out to Anna, which was really big on her part. She was because uh I think that was one of the the dialogues is she's like super nervous about how Anna's gonna react. And Anna to her credit, doesn't oh like doesn't blow up that much. She still has like sh- some understandably strong feelings about it because uh, that was the w- that was when we first saw the facility AI head. Wasn't that with when Anna first was introduced back to Elsie? Anna and Elsie have a conversation before the AI head becomes involved. Um, there's okay, okay. a conversation in the bunker, but I believe, was, is where it was. But was the facility AI where they first saw each other? Like where they first face to face? There or? was a conversation. I'm pretty sure it was in the bunker where they had their first conversation during the stasis okay. missions. The other thing. Okay. Yeah. Chat's chat saying that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Other thing I'd want to bring up is that Anna has been known to be has been known to show the same cruelty <clears throat> according to Elsie as their grandfather. Mm-hmm. Do we remember mm-hmm. that line from why El- Anna believes yeah. that she was adopted? Well, also wasn't it Anna who watched her father die? And then with with Clovis or was that Elsie? I don't remember which one. I know there was there was oh I'm gonna have to go dig it up. But there was one there was one entry where one of the two of them were was in the room with her with their father while he was being transported or translated into the exo frame and like watched him tear himself apart and just kinda of was like, Okay, and then turned around and left. I don't I remember that. On. I just remember that Elsie right. talks about how they kept Anna's father or their father's infidelity secret because Anna was showing mm-hmm. some of the same cruel tendencies that Clovis did and that they were oh, hoping yes, yes, that, that by avoiding telling her about her family or being connected so closely to the family that she would avoid the genetic quote unquote cruelty. But Elsie then goes on to talk about how cruelty isn't genetic. It is taught nurture versus nature Mm -hmm. so here's a different question and I'm actually going to pose this one to Rindle what are the differences and similarities between Zavala and the dark future timeline versus our timeline there's a lot of stuff that you see within this dark future wherein I think that there is that propensity that Zavala has in our timeline for you know, this feeling of closeness with the Traveler. It's what he fights for. It's what he knows. But here, we do see him literally reaching out and attempting to commune with the Traveler, perhaps doing so in some way as he's trying to um, convince it or to, you know, say in some case, you know, you believed in us at one time. Please believe in us again. Um, 
and definitely he does have that level of wanting to do things specifically because uh, it's the right thing to do. Uh, we were touching on this a little bit er earlier on, uh, probably in the intro session, where he doesn't like to make moves when it's something that could potentially have uh, negative outcomes or that are needless. You know, we saw this in Forsaken when he decided that, um, or his um, idea of, of the of of Cade getting killed was, no, we're not conquerors. We're not going to go after um, Aldrin just for the sake of a vendetta. And yet, here we are in this situation. He's lost hope in the dark future, but now that we have this way of potentially getting that back, we can, uh, we can do this. He is 100% behind it. He's ready to go to bat and actually do something about this. Well, that was the same way he behaved back in the beginning of D2 when everybody lost their light, right? He... Once he had a, a plan, Zavala is a planned guy. If he has a plan and a path forward that seems viable, he goes 100% towards it. Absolutely. Because he mm -hmm. went, uh, when we were visiting him on Titan, he went from that introspective questioning of, are we even guardians anymore without the light, mm -hmm. to seeing the you know, potential of taking down the Almighty, or in that case, realizing... If we sit here and we do nothing, we are going to die. We have to do something. And from that point, he was just back to just complete focus and determination. And we see a little bit of that here as well. Again, for that idea that, you know, he is just this broken man. You know, he's completely let himself go. He's grown a beard. He's become blue Geralt of Rivia, which is the second time I've made that reference. Um, and... He get then finds out, oh, wait, we have the war mind with us. We could possibly use the algorithms to track where the traveler is. And he's just back. Like, someone just flipped a switch. You know what it reminds me of is his original, well, it's not exactly super original, the trailer that we got of Zavala being risen. Oh, I love that. That kind so of reminds much. me of who this Zavala is. It's a little bit more feral, a little bit more rustic, but it's still that determined having to learn his way through everything. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I could, I could see that easily. Yeah. What about Anna? We've kind of talked about her a little bit with the self-fulfilling prophecy... But is there a is there a difference beyond just the Anna that we see from what Elsie sees beyond what we see in the dark future? Is there not? Is it very very much so what we discussed before? Is there anything different? You know, I think we did end up touching on a lot of these kinds of points before. Um, I think the major thing here is that this is an Anna who is not worried about the idea of getting her hands dirty if it's getting what she desires or what she wants. Um, in this particular instance, she's lost Jinju. She's lost all her connection with the light. She has no power to speak of. So, of course, she's going to go to Elsie, who she sees as you know, this paragon of darkness, you know, this person who can show, oh, we can use it. And of course, she's going to go to her and say, yeah, teach me how to do this. Teach me how I can get some of that back. And then, of course, when Elsie doesn't, she goes about it her own way and ends up becoming corrupted. Uh, and I think that it's interesting that we were t uh, touching earlier about, you know, could we have that level of self-fulfilling prophecy? Because it's possible, but the way that Anna's character has kind of developed up to this point, um, it's kind of an interesting prospect as to whether or not she would actually pursue the darkness simply on the basis that she still does have her light. This is not um a timeline wherein she is powerless she still has all of her abilities currently yeah so orchid i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you in a little bit 
is Elsie any okay. different in the dark future timeline versus her now? Is there any real differentiating aspects between the two? I think she's a lot more desperate in the dark future timeline, and it's simply because she's lived through it so many times that she is out of options and she's tired. And you can tell um, at the very, very end of the actual lore book when she wakes up and she sees Cade, you know, triumphant in his <laughs> parade. And she's just like, ugh. Like, this, this again. Like, this countless guy. number of times she's seen this. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. for her, it's just, she, at that point, you you yourself as the reader have this crushing realization that she's going to have to kill her sister again. She's going to have to go through all of this again. How many times has she had to do this? And it's this like, it's this weight on you that what is she going to have to change? Is this time she's not going to find Zavala? Is this time, is Ikora going to be alive this time? Like how many iterations of this dark future is she going to have to live through until she finds us? in this current timeline or how many times has she found a version of us and it not worked out you know yeah yeah black flag put it a great way elsie is sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm -hmm. right i want to take a quick ad break real quick and then i want to bring back this discussion from a psychological viewpoint and bring jay back into this a little bit more so let's go to break and we'll be right back Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. So, Blue... Mm-hmm. Elsie being sick and tired <clears throat> of being sick and tired psychologically the the prospect of somebody having to possibly kill their sibling over and over again what would that do to a person like do you think she's had some major psychological trauma that she's had to deal with or has she been able to manage it um, I actually, Orchid and I are kind of talking about that right now. Uh, the ghost shell from the raid, <clears throat> No Love Lost, is actually kind of exactly what that is. Um, it's Elsie's, so I'm, I'm actually, let me just read this because it actually does a really good job in kind of talking about this. She says, I'm, li- I'm living the definition of insanity, repeating myself over and over, hoping something will change, but I know it's coming. Blood and betrayal. I've learned not to be fooled anymore. In any other circumstance, this mission would be hopeless and I a failure. Yet every time I come to that bitter end, I see a glimmer of who she was in her eyes. I know she's in there. I know that if I can keep her out of this, shield her from this world, I can save her. I can stop this madness. At least that's what I tell myself these days. I thought I would grow numb going through the motions. I'm not. It's always painful. Sometimes I'm so angry at her for putting me in this position. There are times I want to end it as soon as she finds me, take her out and turn her over in my turn over in my cot, hoping this is all a dream. Save us all the trouble and heartbreak. But then we get there, and I see that look in her eyes, the one that tells me she's sorry and I have to try again. Then there were times I was weak, gave in, hoping it would change the outcome. I thought it might save the world if we were a family again. It didn't. I couldn't live with the choices I'd made, and then I'm right back where I started. This time I know what to do. The Vanguard has been keeping secrets. I was foolish to take them at face value. Clandestine missions to Mars and beyond. Realms outside the boundaries of time. The Black Garden, they call it. Darkness lives inside it, beating and pulsing. I believe it is the source of our misery. I'll see to its destruction, and I won't have to kill my sister ever again. Um, so there's... There's, there's a... This actually reminds me a lot of um, uh, one of 
trying to remember exactly what the terminology is. It's it's kind of the, along the lines of a branch of psychology that's called logotherapy, uh, which is basically where you find a reason to exist. Um, the, one of the one of the leading thought or one of the leading thinkers behind this was Eli Wiesel, who was a survivor of um, the Holocaust. He's a he was a Jewish member. Uh, he he actually survived Auschwitz, uh, which is a huge thing. Um, and in doing so, what he figured out was that if you the people who had something to live for, the people who had a goal, whether it was you know proving someone wrong or if it was something actually very altruistic like for him it was basically trying to rewrite a book that the the nazis had taken and destroyed um at first and then it 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 translated into different things over the years but like because they because these people had something that they, they they were living for that they were going towards that goal could could actually translate into them surviving amazing and horrific conditions um, and it, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't always a hundred percent. Like, you know, there, there were people who had goals who, you know, would die because they, they got, they were killed. Uh, and, but, but the people who did survive, who overcame a lot of the trials and tribulations that they did within those horrific situations were the people who had something to go, who had something that was, they were, they were going to, that something in the future was pulling them to it. Uh, and so, that's kind of what I read with Elsie is like, she has this, she is going through a literal hell. Um, I mean, she says I'm living the definition of insanity, repeating myself over and over. Uh, that's a nod to, you know, the definition of insanity is repeat. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, that's what, I mean, that's what she's doing. And so, it, but then she starts she also starts changing things so she's not really but that's what she feels like well um can i interject real quick yeah 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 so the concept that you're talking about with what she's feeling reminds me of how people who have siblings who are addicts would tend to react mm-hmm. to their situation you mm. you really see the sibling who is struggling and hurting and they're doing it to themselves and you don't want to reinforce that habit in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying that the the sibling ends up giving them whatever substance that they're Mm -hmm. needing, but that you, you let them, when you let them in, you sometimes perpetuate the cycle. Yeah. Mm. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you're torn with the idea of this is, this is my flesh and blood. This is my family. This is somebody who I used to be able to laugh carefree with. So I see them as that former person as well, instead of the the being that they become now. And so you mm-hmm. you see both sides of it, and you're trying to reconcile both sides of it. And that's what this really, really feels like, is that she's she's dealing with a sibling that she knows is going to make bad decisions. But she's ever hopeful in a lot of these situations that she's not going to make a bad decision this time. But she doesn't know right. the and right choices to make to make sure that this doesn't happen because she feels like she's the one who has to make the choice. Well, and it's also she's fighting against this this concept of everything is predetermined, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if we existed in a predetermined mo- or if we existed in an environment that was predeterministic. Nothing would happen. Nothing that she did would change the fact that Anna is going to betray her. Um, so she she's trying to find, um, and this is where actually the connection back to logotherapy for me comes in, mm-hmm. is because what Elsie is doing is she's trying to find <clears throat> um, the purpose of what she is going through. Um, one of the quotes from uh, Frankel uh, is, or it, it's uh, Frankel who is the the person not weasel weasel was a different different thing same same situation different approach frankel was the uh, man's search for meaning uh which is basically logotherapy uh which is a fascinating and very short book if anyone wants to actually read it but one of his quotes is when we are no longer able to change a situation we are challenged to change ourselves mm-hmm. um and so logotherapy is kind of like this this search for meaning through you know 
it's this understanding that everything we do has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable ones. Um, and so there's a there's kind of like a triangle between experiential, attitudinal, and creative energies that we have to approach things with. Um, and what Elsie is doing is she's trying to find a sense of purpose in this, again, this this hell that she's going through. Um, and so you you you. And you see this with her, which she starts changing little things. She's like, okay, I'm going to, I, she's basically cha- changing her view of this isn't a punishment. This is me trying to save someone. And that's giving her the strength. That's what it, you know, no love lost is all about that. It's when at, at the end, she's like, her purpose is to find the one glimmer, the one needle in this haystack that allows her not to have to kill her sister. And she will go through that entire freaking haystack one by one, one, one strand of hay at a time until she finds it. And, you know, when you have the purpose, when you have something that is pulling you a purpose, you can do just, you know, Herculean tasks because from a mental standpoint, they are all necessary and you can break it down. And that's what, like, you start seeing, she starts looking at little things. Like, you know, she says here in No Love Lost, she's like, there are times that she, she would help and then, you know, that wouldn't work. There was times she would not, and that didn't work. There was times that she gave in and, you know, there, she's trying all these different things. And then finally, this last time, it kind of gives us the sense that, okay, look, we know that the Black Garden is here. And she's pretty sure at this point that that's the source of misery. And that's when we come in because that was when she set us on the path to kill the, the Black Heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by doing that... She, she changed, you know, there's, um, I've been catching up with Dr. Who, which is terrible for me because I can't help but try to logic things out of it. But there was an episode, um, that I just watched with, uh, the new doctor in season 12 and the, one of the antagonists makes the point that you don't have to do major changes to change the path of time. All you have to do is change little things and through the, 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 the the um magnification of that timeline that will change the end result um and so like in in the episode he's like changing little itty bitty things around and they're in the, the entire thing is they're trying to change it back and it's this really funny thing but like his entire point is like all he has to do is move you know you just have to move this a little bit over here you don't have to kill someone to change the future you just have to make it where instead of going right this person went left and those little changes have have um, domino effects that will change the future. It's the, it's basically the the problem with the dynamic timeline model is the butterfly effect, the mm-hmm. the, the chaos theory. It, it doesn't it can't hold itself together because those little changes are amplified mag- like exponentially throughout time. What Elsie is doing is she is doing this every time she's put into this loop. She starts doing these little changes. She starts saying, oh, well, let's uh, let's move this over here. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, well, let's move this over here. And she she's like doing these things. And as depressing as No Love Lost is, because it is, it's her despair. At the end of it, you also see what's making it so that she can go through that despair is the fact that her goal is she knows what – she has to do but she wants to she wants to find a way to not have to do it mm-hmm. and i think that's that's to me what's so compelling about elsie's story is that <clears throat> she is i mean of all the characters that we've seen so far she is going through a literal hell and she's doing it willingly because she has this 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 ember of hope at the end that she can figure out a way through all this darkness to find a way to bring the light back. And that light is her family, you know, Anna and her being able to coexist without each other killing each other. Um, and I think that's, yeah. for me, that's what that, really that, stands out. Yeah. That ultimately is the crux of it. It's just that wanting to save Anna, that ultimately is Elsie's raison d'etre when you really break it down. Mm. The thing that I like that, yeah, that is her reason actually, for continuing to, to go right, through and, this over and, and over And Black again. Flag is also pointing out that that's also what she's doing with Eris. Right. Because because that was one of the things, like, if you read this book, you read this book and then you look at what's happening in game, you're like, well, 
why the hell are you buddy-buddy with Eris when in this book, Eris is the big bad? Well, Black Flag is saying right now, and that's, you know, that's what she's doing. She's teaching us about our past. She's got, so, and with Eris, she's guiding Eris so that Eris doesn't become corrupted. Or if she already is corrupted, she, she has the resistance to hold against that corruption. And hopefully, you know, the, the entire idea is that she is trying to save, I mean, really, she's trying to save everyone, if you really want to be honest, but ultimately, she's trying to save Anna. Now, by saving Anna, she is going to save everyone because at the end of the book, we see what happens. Like, everything gets destroyed because of the whole thing. But she's also trying to save every... She's trying to save others on the same... That are on the same path. I think that's ultimately where you see her, what she's doing with Eris is she's she's trying to, like, nudge nudge her off this, this dark, you know rut that Eris is falling in but she can't just be like pop you know smack her because right. then it's too it would change too, too much. much but so here's right. the question that i want to kind of redirect us to a little bit is the we have this book we see some of the struggles that she's dealt with in other timelines we heard her talk about some of the struggles she's had in other timelines how a did we get this book and B how does this Elsie do we have any idea how she steps in between yet is it her little fish thing that we still have no clue what does it because Bungie won't tell us well Be patient my theory about on that the fish thing oh, I want to know well for now though we all have to just fall back to what Bife said of it. It, it's a fish. It, it's 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 a fish. I, I mean, what what more do you want from me? It, it's it's a fish. It's a fish that does something. I just know it. But no, in all seriousness, how do we get this book? How do we actually get access to this book? Um, oh gosh. Uh, I honestly am trying to remember. I think I got it so early on, I don't remember how I unlocked it. This was gotten through um, doing the uh, progression with uh, Elsie, generally speaking. So, like, the further along uh, we were going on with her missions, the more of the books that we got for... Uh, dark future so is this essentially elsie's journal that she's sharing with us to help prevent us possibly from going bad because that was without, the way i interpreted without yeah. her telling us that we went bad at some point she's showing us that other people could have gone bad at some point yeah that's kind of the way that i interpreted it like this is her sharing her tale like opening up and saying this is how things happened based upon you know corruption of the darkness this is what we're trying to avoid don't go down this path by giving a very good reason as to you know why we need to stay the course and we need to not let darkness take us the way it is done for so many people anyone else surprised that drifter just dies like drifter has died more in any of these like fan fictions so, or alternate realities or alternate timelines than anyone else is anyone else surprised that drifter died trying to do what elsie and anna actually did did you I mean, did you guys really. get that did you no? but did you get what he was trying to do activate clovis no, he was trying to activate an exo for a war mind. That's what that's what he was like that's what it kind of seems like he was doing. We don't know what he was actually doing down in the Deepstone crypt. I thought he was like, trying to like make an exo for Rasputin. Mm. It's like no, that's what, what I that's what I mean. Getting, yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I was thinking too. Mm. But like because he was in the he was in the the uh what was it the activation chamber that they had to do to make the exo that was specifically designed for Rasputin. That, or he was trying to stop it from happening. Yeah, or he was trying to make an exo for himself. I mean, yeah, like, so she yeah. Was, like, it, I mean, he there's... could have been doing it, and then she ganked him while doing it. No, 
she didn't because his body, his corpse was so de- his corpse was degrading to the point that they had to move it out of the room because it smelled so badly. That doesn't mean she couldn't have come back. That's true. And it is referenced that I think Anna has some familiarity with the area, if I remember mm-hmm. that one correctly. Just in that particular timeline? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that was in Interant Mendicant is the second entry. She yeah. hasn't necessarily been there in our timeline that we know of, does, has she? What was that, sorry? I don't know. Has she been to the Europa facility in our timeline? Besides uh, Anna when or she Elsie? shows Anna when she besides when she shows up with Elsie. Do we know if she's um, been there? Because I don't remember her I don't, being I don't mentioned so. as showing we don't... up. Because she stays on Mars mm-hmm. to work on Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Sapphire has a good way of reading it, too. Is uh, They say, I read that Anna brought him there earlier and lured him with promises of loot to kill him and remove him as an obstacle. Oof. Which, uh, which, if you read the entry, it does call out... Um, yeah, she says, as we make our way through the eviscerated research center, I notice Anna taking it all in. She seems almost familiar with the space. So, um, and she does. So, I mean, that that's also, that is a way to read it, too. Um, I guess my, my challenge to that is when they do find Drifter, well, I mean, Anna does, Anna is also the one that recognizes him or identifies him. Uh, it is it is called out that it is a decomposing corpse uh, clinging to a lever. Uh, it is hard to tell how long he's been there. They have to pry his hand from the console and carry him out of the room to try and purge the stench. Gross. Must be all that now, Vex stuff he ate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is sounds also, like the drifter went pop. <laughs> yeah, it also is called out that Anna makes a comment that he didn't deserve another chance. Oof. So I mean, actually, Sapphire might have a point there. Like there, there is maybe something going on, ne- like nefarious with Anna at that point. Uh, it depends on when you think Anna actually flips sides. I guess. I think she ganked him. You? I mean, I can, I can see it. I can see that being. Yeah. I can see that being the case, because she does seem to have a bit more insight. As to what he could be doing down there, and she mm-hmm. does have recognition of the the path that they're taking, so I can definitely I can definitely get behind that that approach to it, uh, which would which if that's the case that would indicate that Anna has already gone dark at mm-hmm. this point, or at least manipulative, right? Hmm. Any should we have kind of final thoughts because we're hitting close to that. 50 minute mark at this point. I don't know if we have too many more thoughts. Uh, my on final this. final thoughts is this is definitely a book that is well done. Um I really enjoyed yeah. reading it. It made you really think about what some of these characters would do in certain situations. Um I I really I just I really liked reading it. It was a really well put together book in my opinion. Rindel yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I just I love the hell out of this book. Um, there is a lot generally that I like when it comes to that idea of like alternative timelines. Like that stuff just kind of fascinates me from a general standpoint. Of again, just that idea of making those little alterations, like we were talking about earlier, just those little little changes, and just seeing how drastically uh, the script changes, so to speak, as a result of those changes. Um, I think that it's really, it kind of tells us more about the characters in their current timelines to see how they would have reacted if the situation was a little bit different. So it gives us more information, generally speaking, that we did not have before. And ultimately, that's just what we crave uh, as lore masters or whatever we want to call ourselves is just more information about this world. Okay, Orchid, final thoughts? 
I mean, I like it because it's a good story. You know, me, I'm more about the story than like the nitty gritty, like how does destiny work? Like, oh yeah, but that was the big thing for me. Like, fantastic story, loved it. I don't know. I think it's kind of a it. This was um, the first book I read out of all of the books. Oh man, when I read the lore. Oh man, and it was alarming. Because I was like, what am I reading? What happened to Destiny? Like, like what? <laughs> and We're fully the, embracing the grim dark. Because I hadn't board. played the game yet. So I, I just read this during lunch. And I was like, um, so Destiny, are you okay? <laughs> like, am I supposed to be reading this right now? Uh, but I really like it. Uh, it's an insight into kind of how Elsie operates on her own. And it's a look at, I guess, like, we've been asking for more information on The Stranger since D1. And this season's kind of, like, vomited all over us when it comes to information about her and her family and everything. So I really like the story. Um, I like the lore book. It gives us a lot of kind of... It gives us information of how Anna also thinks, I think, under pressure, because we can start to piece things together from other lore books that we've read about her personality. So I don't want to, like, say, like, oh, well, using this book, that never really happened, because it's like, you know, like the Chronicon. We can sweet meats. Yeah, we can can sweet meat it up and, you know, decide if we know, like, what she's going to do in the future because we don't. But at the same time, like, I think we can definitely um, make good estimated, educated guesses about kind of where the story might be going. So for Spinfoil, I really like this book. Yeah, I I would agree with pretty much all the perspectives on this it's the it's a book that has finally given us an insider's view to why elsie behaves the way she behaves and i really like that so with that being said blue do you want to lead us in shout outs um i want to shout out everyone who uh, like everyone here on the on the podcast and also everyone who's in live chat just keeping us entertained over here they're currently yelling about sweet meats and aeon souls so that's that's what's going on right now um you started the aeon soul i did not start the aeon soul i responded to the aeon soul that dan or veru started um sapphire is also pointing out that the reason they like this is because it confirms callus's fan fiction was way off base um so you know big shout out to them I, it's it's always fun to to do these and this is like this is one of the things that like gives gives me energy to keep doing it is like watching live chat and just kind of go down the different rabbit holes that they go down it's it's hilarious um <laughs> so now they're reacting to that um but yeah so big big thank you uh to everyone who who shows up for our live chats if you don't show up for our live chats uh I forgive you and you should show up for them they're very entertaining <laughs> uh done now shout out um, shout out to everybody in chat talking about the Aeon soul everything uh and swift gauntlets are trash oh yes they are so that's my shout out yeah straight up trash yep rindle shout out um you know i am going to give a quick shout out to Yeah, just to, again, you know, everyone who is involved in the narrative teams uh, over at Bungie, all of you guys who decided to stick it out with us and who uh, listen to the podcast uh, every week and who put up with my nonsense on Twitter, thank you all. <laughs> I'm going to shout out you, Rindle, for two reasons. Your friend I... in the background who is currently attacking your hand and your constitution and a- ability to ig- not yelp in pain because he's gnawing on your hand. And two, <laughs> for organizing and really being a driving factor for recording a lot of the narrative that has been written currently. Um, I've kind of, I've not felt 
super drawn to record a lot personally, but you and the other voice actors have made it a lot easier because you guys have the drive to really want to not only perform, but just share the audio. So my thank you goes to you because you kind of kicked me back in the rear on getting DLA going again. So that's my shout out. Well, thank you kindly. Mm -hmm. Thank you kindly indeed. Blue. As always, I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.